Our mission is to discuss extraction, processing, business practices, and lessons learned with the established experts of the extraction process. This is Mission Supercritical, a service of Apex Supercritical, the leading CO2 extraction equipment manufacturer. Now, here to navigate our broadcast is a U.S. Navy veteran and the founder and president of Apex Supercritical, Andy Joseph. All right, welcome to Mission Supercritical, an exclusive radio show that highlights the extraordinary individual success stories of Apex Supercritical's more than 500 customers operating in the cannabis industry today. I'm your host, Andy Joseph, president and founder of Apex Supercritical. Thank you for joining us. Today's guest, we've got Jason Lupoy and Celeste Moran, sorry about that, from the Cannabis Marketing Lab. Welcome, guys. Hey, Andy. Thanks. So, so Jason, uh, you know, Celeste, um, we've got, uh, got two people on the podcast, so um, I'm going to try to address the questions to you guys, you know, individually, and then we'll all be able to chime in together. But, uh, you know, you guys, are, you guys are experts in this kind of stuff, so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll pound through this real fast. But, Jason, I'd like to start with you. Give me a little bit of your backgrounds on, um, you know, prior to taking over the, you know, the editorial position as, as the editor of both Terpenes and Testing and Extraction Magazine. Um, tell me a little bit about your background and, and how that led you to, you know, being the editor of these two great magazines. Okay, great. Um, so uh, I went to Iowa State University for my PhD work in analytical chemistry. And one of the common things, um, you know, given that it was Iowa, was uh, a lot of uh, the researchers there were doing things, uh, doing evaluations of plant chemistry. Iowa State had a great agronomy department. And so uh, at Iowa State, I started doing a lot of Raman spectroscopy of plants. And what we were looking to do was to um, identify specific uh, properties of the plant, the plant, the chemistry of the plant that would be very well suited for biofuel applications and bio-based materials. So there was a lot of renewable energy funding at Iowa State. And so I started working with plants. I started characterizing them chemically. I started building data models to be able to evaluate, you know, uh, the plant chemistry so that we could identify which plants, which trees, which grasses would be well suited for further downstream biofuel applications. Uh, when I left Iowa State, I got a job working as a postdoc, uh, a postdoc for the University of Queensland, Australia, uh, and I was working at a place called the Joint Bioenergy Institute in Emeryville, California, which is a subsidiary lab of Lawrence Berkeley National Lab. And again, there I, I was working with plants. I was doing spectroscopy. Uh, the Australians uh, sent me something like 800 different trees uh, to evaluate chemically, and so we were we were doing this in a high throughput fashion. You know, much. Uh, along the same lines as what I did in graduate school. So again, I was working with plants. I was I was working with analytical chemistry and, and plants. Right. And, and all, these, all these plants are, are for biofuel applications. So we're not talking about weed at this point, right? Not, that's uh, right. 800, uh, you know, marijuana strains across the ocean from Australia. Yeah. These, these are all plants that are going to be able to produce some kind of, you know, oil and hopefully in a, in a you know, large quantity that, that can be squeezed for biofuel applications, right? That's right. That's right. And, and you know, so it, it was at the lab in California, though, that, you know, it was the first time I had been in a, in a state where cannabis was legal. Uh, prior to that, Pennsylvania, Iowa, you know, those are two of the last states I would have thought would have uh, been <laughs> been going down the, the cannabis route. Uh, but, you know, I think that, that 
because it was around in California, I started wondering who's doing the science on this, like who's measuring the chemistry of this. I knew I was looking into the chemistry of all these other different plants. And I was wondering, you know, when you're talking about dosing and, and, and you know, just understanding the plant chemistry, understanding that, it, that it's a clean product. And I was, I was just curious as, as to who was doing those types of, of, of analyses. I, I ended up leaving that job and I, I started working in Colorado uh, at, a, at the National Renewable Energy Lab. So again, following down that same renewable energy passion uh, and, and again, working with plants. And so you really for something like seven, eight years of my life, I was, I was applying, uh, you know, not only my, my education as an undergraduate, but also my education as a, as a graduate student and as a, as a PhD towards understanding the chemistry of plants. And while I was in California, uh, or while I was in Colorado, rather, um, I got a, a job offer from a, a company that was uh, selling instrumentation to the cannabis industry, uh, spectroscopy instrumentation specifically. And I, I was intrigued by it. You know, not only was it a full-time job for me and to be able to, you know, get out of that postdoctorate sort of te temporary role, um, but I also was able to start evaluating uh, or, start, you know, kind of start engrossing myself in in the cannabis industry uh, and, and that's where that, that kind of started um, I, I left that position uh, I, I wanted to move on and, and and kind of do deeper science and I accepted a position with the RJ Lee group uh, out you know here in Pittsburgh Pennsylvania and RJ Lee was also involved in cannabis but from a different angle uh, RJ Lee group is the auditing body for the state of Washington we also do cannabis lab, uh, cannabis lab consultations um, you know, with with a lot of those labs, you know, as as part of the auditing process, and, and so, you know, I knew that they were involved in cannabis. Um, I was interested in trying to help them get further in, involved in cannabis in some in some fashion, and, and so I started, you know, doing lab audits. I started being involved in, in you know, some of their cannabis. Uh, endeavors. And, you know, I, I was a fan of terpenes and testing. I, I, I got the emails all the time and I just happened to reach out one day. I read some articles that kind of piqued my interest in the magazine. I checked out the editorial board and, and was impressed by, you know, the, the, the people that we were able to attract uh, to be able to serve on our board of uh advisors and and so um, I reached out and just to see if there was anything available how can I how can I be involved and you know that that led to where I'm at today right so it turns out you're uh, you're you know interested in uh, seeing how you can help out and here just run the whole thing right <laughs> so you get put in charge yeah careful what you ask for sometimes um, so that's that's great so so you know Jason obviously you reached out to Celeste Celeste you're the you know the CEO of the Canvas Marketing Lab and Mace Media, right? So um, let's get a little bit into your background in just a sec, but before you do that, what, what is Mace Media and Cannabis Marketing Lab? Uh, Cannabis Marketing Lab is a marketing firm specifically for the cannabis industry. So nine years ago, I had a, I had a traditional marketing firm for about 10 years. Uh, then about nine years ago, I completely transitioned everything over specifically to cannabis. So I'd mainly done law firms, uh, supercuts, hair salons, things like that prior to. I could see what was going to happen in the cannabis industry. So I just took a chance, switched everything over um, today. 
The Canvas Marketing Lab has about 50 clients in six different countries. Um, and so we're the oldest, I, I think one of the largest uh, marketing firms for the industry. And um, that's really kind of what catapulted me uh, into Mace Media. Um, and Mace basically owns four publications. We own Terpenes and Testing, Extraction Magazine, Cannabis Compliance and Packaging Magazine, and then uh, the new one is CBD Health and Wellness Magazine. And um, that basically came because I had clients in the scientific end of things that um, that wanted me to put an ad into a scientific cannabis publication, wanted me to do um, a print uh, promotional series. Um, and uh, there, I did research and there really wasn't any. And that was two years ago, about two years, two and a half years ago. And there wasn't any. And so I thought, well, I guess that, you know, it, I have all the resources. It can't be too, too hard. So um, I got my uh, graphic designers into it and my content writers and brought all kinds of different uh, people into play. And, and we started Terpenes and Testing. And um, it today, I have most of the original people with me on my staff that we started with. Um, and it's Terps has done really, really well. And then out of that, I was talking to uh, Dr. John McKay one day, who is our scientific editor, and we thought there could really be a separation between um, a magazine that was just extraction by extractors for extractors. And and so we branched off and created um, Extraction Magazine. And then... um, uh, CCP Cannabis Compliance and Packaging came a bit later, as did CBD Health and Wellness. And then we also launched um, conferences to go with each magazine. And, well, except for Cannabis Compliance, we haven't done that yet. But Terpenes and Testing World Conference, we had our first one this year, planning the one for next year. Um, and then that's kind of uh, sponsored by Terps and EM. And then uh, we do, we have a tour of CBD Expo that we're doing as well to go with CBD Health and Wellness. So that's kind of in a nutshell of how I got here. Yeah. Well, so, you know, you, you mentioned these started nine years ago. Um, mm-hmm. you know, that's a, that was a trying time. So, you know, I believe yeah. Apex Supercritical was, uh, was building CO2 extractors nine years ago. And that's about, I think it's, you know, geez, that, that was maybe a year or two before um, Washington and Colorado um, legalized or, or you know shortly shortly around that time. Correct. But that's that's some pretty good foresight. How'd you see it? For sure, for sure. It was it was an interesting time, and you know it's given us the ability to see so many places come online and you know get into the industry and how they've all differed. And so that was kind of that was kind of neat. Right, right. Yeah, that's uh, that's impressive. And, and uh, you know, it's a it's a pretty bold move too. You know, to to focus entirely on cannabis nine years ago as opposed to uh, two years ago when when most everybody else is kind of starting right. into it. But um, so, Jason Celeste, let's take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk about some of the challenges of you know pushing a, a, a magazine marketing firm as well as you know these these technical magazines into what is traditionally a, a, a non technical environment, and even worse is you know federally illegal. You know, and that has a lot of mm-hmm. challenges. So when we come back, let's uh, let's chat about that. We'll regroup for more Mission Supercritical after we hear from our sponsors. 
Introducing 420 Cloud, ignited by MSIG, one of the fastest growing social apps around. The only app you'll need for all things cannabis. Find the latest cannabis news, videos, and stories, ranging from business and tech to sports and medicine. Start your career in cannabis by seeking, identifying, and applying for jobs through our expansive listings. For businesses, 420cloud.com features a full-scale cross-channel network, monetizing high traffic for big data conversion and analytics. Download 420 Cloud now from the iTunes Store or Google Play. MSIG.com is a publicly listed company on the OTC, symbol MCIG. At Alternative Vibes, our core values of quality, loyalty, respect, and honesty guides us in our mission to help families find peace and harmony through our products and services. Whether you are looking for a more natural way of living, shopping for essential oils, topicals, and edibles, or searching for a path towards achieving your goals, we are your choice. Learn more about our complete line of natural products and solutions at AlternativeVibes.com. Bringing quality of living to life. AlternativeVibes.com. Are you ready to be inspired and educated by the best of the best in the cannabis industry while enjoying sunny South Florida? Then you cannot miss out on the first annual United States Cannabis Conference and Expo, August 24th to the 26th inside the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. The USCC Expo welcomes all cannabis business professionals, medical cannabis caregivers and clinicians, growers and dispensary owners to join us for this brand new event sponsored by the radio podcast leader for all things cannabis, cannabisradio.com. Be one of the first to register today at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Time to extract more knowledge on Mission Supercritical, only on CannabisRadio.com. Okay, welcome back to Mission Supercritical. Today's guest, Jason Upoy and Celeste Miranda from the Cannabis Marketing Lab slash Mace Media. Uh, Jason, you know, you, you got an interesting background, mostly biofuels, found yourself in Colorado and, uh, you know, in, in closer prox in California and closer proximity to the cannabis stuff. So that was kind of your your entry into it, but you know, Celeste, you started it nine years ago and had a whim that this cannabis thing might actually turn into some viable businesses, and and so you know the two of you got together and created Terpenes and Testing Extraction Magazine, and and you know pushing a, a scientific based uh, platform, magazine platform, not so much business to business, which is or you know, business to consumer, which is what most of the other magazines, if not all of them, uh, in the space are. So you're 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 here with this this much more technical platform. But there's a problem, right? Your subject matter is federally illegal. How do you overcome that? How do you find content? Um, you know, research in the U.S. is challenging to, to do. How do you overcome this? Well, I'll start, and then I'm sure Jason has a lot to add from the from the editorial standpoint. But from, from the standpoint of launching the magazine, you know, it, it's interesting. I can't tell you how many requests we had in the beginning from subscribers saying, can you please send the magazine in a bag that's not transparent? <laughs> you yep. know, in a bag that's not clear. Yeah, and they, they want it to look like porn. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and there was, I can't tell you how many times I got that request. And so, you know, it's it's interesting from just from that perspective all the way down to, I think, the hardest issue um, that we had launching the magazine at first was that scientists they're a hard gig they're a hard gig and you know on our first couple of issues it was kind of funny I mean it's funny now but not at the time but you know we would get calls in to say you know we're, well 
you were off on this calculation by an eighth, you know, of a percentage or something <laughs> like that. And and right. you, we would get that. Some, and, you know, that was hard. It was hard because, you know, you want to say you don't know the research that goes into putting something like this out there and, you know, having to, to try to be so correct on everything. And, and that's our job to be in. But it's a lot of work. And so I think the challenges of that with how particular scientists were, um, that was interesting at first. But, you know, even as far as being, you know, federally illegal and things like that, it that was an interesting part because, you know, we didn't get too much pushback on that. The industry is so amazing and it's it's moving so quickly that there was such a thirst for good content and a learning platform people just wanted it so so desperately and you know even Barnes and Noble you they they came after us to put our magazines into their store and so there were things about it i think that you know like the the clear bag thing that that were some challenges and that sort of thing but Overall, I can say that, um, you know, it, it was interesting, but I, I don't think that that really was one of our our, lo- our largest pushbacks because people just wanted the knowledge on how to be better at extraction, be right. better so at a, testing. Yeah, so there's a there's a thirst for the knowledge, a need, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, people are interested in it just generally, but there's really a, a need to advance the industry, right? right. To have, you know, technical you know, hopefully peer reviewed at some point in time publications that, that really, you know, kind of advance the science. And, you know, that's, this isn't new stuff, right? There's every other industry in the world does this kind of stuff um, and have been for, for many, many years, you know, so, you know, but Jason, tell me about some of the challenges of, of finding content in a world where research is, is federally illegal. Yes. <clears throat> so I think that, that, you know, when I came on board to the magazine, um, to terpenes and testing that that was one of the things that i was wondering is is how how do we solicit content um you know who do we who should we be getting that kind of information from and you know it's kind of like when you think about the the medical aspects of cannabis you can't go see a doctor uh and ask them what product is going to work well for you the doctors aren't trying this stuff, um, to my knowledge. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, you, you've had to rely on people that have been emerged in the industry f- for a while, you know? And, and so I, I think that, that that information, even though we can look at it is is being more anecdotal. I think that sort of indigenous knowledge is important in this industry. Uh, and so I, I, I always am seeking people that have been had some kind of longevity in the industry. I don't think that you necessarily have to be a scientist to be operating under scientific principles. So just because the the research hasn't come from a university or you know, some type of research and, and development laboratory, as we're starting to see more and more of now, uh, I think that people that have been doing this type of work for a while, you know, they, they kind of have their own scientific body of, of knowledge. So uh, I think that it really hasn't been a challenge to get content. We have a, a, a lot of people that are interested in having us publish their work or publish their 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 thoughts on a topic. Um, 
I, I don't think that's been a real challenge. I, I think too that when you look historically, there's been uh, you know periodicals, you know, just for example, High Times that's been around through decades of illegality, and yet there was still enough interest to keep it going. I think that it's even more compounded now when we understand a lot more about the plant from a medical and a scientific perspective. There's there's all kinds of new products out. There's new jargon every day. I think that that interest in keeping up with the times is what drives people to these types of, of uh, publications. And I think that's what drives them specifically to the magazines that we're doing because you don't need to be a scientist to have an interest in science. I always say that one of my personal heroes is, is Carl Sagan, and he was a master of, of bringing science to the masses, uh, bringing it right into your living room, as it were, with television shows like Cosmos. I think that that's important where people have a, a hungrier, uh, you know, they're, they're hungrier for knowledge these days, where if you if you question anything, you could just look on your phone, you could look it up, you don't have to wonder anymore. You can know these things, uh, whatever odd fact you may be interested in. I think that that's what's driven people to publications where they're learning something, but yet it's in a digestible format such that anyone, uh, a, a non-scientist to a scientist can understand the content. Right, and it's, it's important to recognize that you know a lot of your readership isn't scientists, right? I mean, just a lot of the industry in general you know, aren't your your typical 25-year PhD chemical engineer or food scientist that you would find in, in other industries like, you know, food manufacturing or food processing. You know, most of the people who are in the industry because it's so young and because, you know, it still has some risk associated with operating in it, um, let alone perceived risk versus real risk. Uh, you know, most of the people that are doing it are are entrepreneurial as opposed to career chemists, you know, and, you um, I think that you know the, the format allows for an easier read. I, I know reading some of the peer-reviewed journals uh, in my previous lifetime as a welding engineer, it you know, became very challenging because you had to have a PhD yourself just to, to be able to read the article and understand what it, whatever it was that they were talking about. Even then, that didn't help sometimes. So you know, I, I, I think the the platform definitely fits. Where do you see it going? You know, two years, five years, ten years down the road. Well, I think that's the big enigma, um, you know, because I think that we can't really predict how the industry is going to have changed a year from now. Um, you know, our, our goal is to bring science again into everybody's hands and make people uh, aware of, of what's out there. I think that, the you know, we hear this term of the millennial nowadays. And again, like people are much more technologically savvy. So I think that this type of, of publication, regardless of how the industry changes a year or two from now, you know, people are still going to want to be reading about these things. Um, but I think, you know, one of the things that I, I think that we're seeking to do in the near future, uh, you know, we're, we're interested in building out uh, the scientific literature, you know, a, a library of this type of literature. I've had a lot of people say to me, uh, you know, are those terpenes really medicinal? And I'm saying, you know, yeah, there's a there's a huge body of literature out there on botanicals. Uh, you know, you hear John McKay say things about the botanical industry all the time, and, and so I think that that you know that's that's one thing we're looking to do is is have. Uh, uh, as much of the scientific literature as we can avail it's open access freely available to the public already we're going to be collecting that in one place on our websites 
Uh, we're also looking to do uh, kind of a do-it-yourself uh, portion uh, of the Extraction Magazine website and Extraction Magazine because I think people have increasingly been interested in home growing. I think a lot of the uh, negative stories that have been, you know, at times pervasive in the in the media regarding the 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 cleanliness of cannabis that people might be. Uh, you know, medicating in a, an immunocompromised person or a child with, I think that's become increasingly important. But if people are trying to migrate to concentrates and they're, you know, they want to be able to do things on their own and they're from their home grow, I think that's a, a, a very uh, untouched sort of, of area, at least from things that we might have done in the past. So we're going to be doing some things like that. We're certainly not sure. going to be advocating people you know yeah no no open blasting right no <laughs> for the uh, for the no. personal for the personal <laughs> extractors so all right let's uh let's take another quick break and uh when we come back you know celeste i want to uh, want to pick your brain a little bit on marketing strategies for the cannabis industry so let's uh let's take a quick break here and we'll come back and we'll talk about that we'll regroup for more mission super critical after we hear from our sponsors The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com. Join us in Anaheim, California, this October 22nd and 23rd at NCIA and CCIA's California Cannabis Business Conference. With 60,000 square feet of expo floor, over 3,000 cannabis business leaders, and over 100 thought leaders and policymakers, the California Cannabis Business Conference is the place to learn how to navigate the world's largest adult use market. Register today at www.CaliforniaCannabisBusinessConference.com. Do you have new ideas that you believe will make a difference in the cannabis industry? Looking to make your brand or service stand out? The first annual United States Cannabis Conference and Expo is seeking sponsors and speakers for its inaugural event August 24th through the 26th at the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. Cannabis business professionals, medical cannabis caregivers and clinicians, growers and dispensary owners are all welcome to join us for this brand new event sponsored by the radio and podcast leader for all things cannabis, CannabisRadio.com. Grow with us in this groundbreaking event, the first annual United States Cannabis Conference and Expo, August 24th through the 26th at the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. Learn more at usccexpo.com. Time to extract more knowledge on Mission Supercritical, only on CannabisRadio.com. Okay, welcome back to Mission Supercritical. Again, Jason Lupoy, editor of Terpenes Testing Extraction Magazine, and Celeste Miranda, the CEO of the Cannabis Marketing Lab and Mace Media. So, Jason, Celeste, you know, we, we talked a lot about, you know, kind of your backgrounds and, and how we transitioned, because we've all made the transition. The industry hasn't been that old. We've kind of transitioned into it. But, you know, Celeste, you've got a, a, a background in marketing that goes, you know, beyond cannabis, you know, and, and you, you know, played around in other industries prior to this. Tell me about some of the mistakes that you're seeing um, that, you know, my customers, Apex Supercritical's customers, mm-hmm. as, as processors and extraction companies, they might be making from a, from a marketing standpoint. What, give me some pointers and tips for these guys. 
You know, I would say primarily what I try to convince, you know, our clients who are in the in the extraction industry of is, you know, extractors and growers are very, very passionate. And I get that. Everybody gets that. But at the same token, um, they need to come off of the mindset that we're seeing often with with those segments of that um you know this is what our product is we're going to tell people about it this is what our machine does we're going to tell people about it and you know that's a mistake and and we've seen it over and over again you as an extractor or a grower which you know manufacturer you need to listen to what they need and you need to provide solutions and you need to tell them in a way that they understand that it's not it's not this is what we do rather it needs to be this is what we can do for you this is what our product can do for you this is is how you will feel with our product as opposed to maybe one that was manufactured this other way and that sort of thing and and that is all that the consumer out there wants to know is what can it do for me what and can that's, it that's do business for me? to business or business to consumer right doesn't doesn't that's really matter either way exactly right. andy it's both and so even like as a as you know making the machines and the extraction machines like you guys do it's like you've they've got to know what you can do for them not just what you do and you have to make it more of a personal experience you have to fit it into to 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 be a vehicle to get them to the place that that they want to go and rather than taking them to point a and just taking everyone to point a they want to get to this 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 very remote destination in point b and and that's where you have to communicate of how your product can work for them or you know your even your service and so we do see that a lot so that would be one thing i would say two quick things is growers extractors spend your time on instagram forget facebook forget twitter forget anything else your audience is on instagram the most roi we're seeing right now is from email marketing build your list create um, you know, blasts that work. They work as a funnel. It takes people seven times to see something before they'll act on it. And so keep that in mind when you're building uh, email marketing is that you build up, you have a plan for those seven times. Um, and you will get tribes and especially growers and extractors. You will get tribes and let your tribe work for you. Let your followers, let your believers work for you because that's some of the best and easiest and cheapest marketing you can do. Right, right. And word and word of mouth is really right. strong still in the that's cannabis right. industry. You know, there's there's a lot of people who still learn about things and and you know gain trust in in a manufacturer or a, a you know potential vendor through word of mouth. How does their buddy that's feel right. about it? You know, and uh, you know I've learned that firsthand that uh, you know one one bad word of mouth can can really hurt. You know, exactly. You might have you might have just the age old thing. You got twenty good ones and one bad one, and the one bad one outshines it. You know, exactly. That's, uh, that's always a challenge. How about the uh, how about the green side, the marijuana leaf, and and you know logos and branding and that kind of stuff? Are you starting to see that go away yet, or is it still prominent? 
We are, but you know what is real odd is that we did an A-B test with a client where we used, um, we did packaging with the logo and a packaging, I mean, with a leaf and a packaging without a traditional leaf, but it was a very abstract um, leaf and very, very, very abstract. And then we did a packaging without any leaf at all. The one that got picked off the shelf the most was the one with the abstract leaf. So it, I, I kind of see it in the middle right now, Andy, to be honest, is I, I think that traditional original leaf has gone away. I think we've gotten away from that. But at the same time, I don't think society yet is quite ready for the absolute mainstream of branding that has nothing to do with cannabis. And so it's kind of somewhere in between right now from what yeah. we're seeing. So, so not so much of the, the heavy duty weed leaf. And how about the names? You know, Green this or Mary Jane that. So um, overplayed. So overplayed. Be <laughs> right, creative. I'm, yeah. Right. I, I remember. I remember sitting in a uh, sitting in a how to session. Jeez, uh, I don't know. It was probably eight or ten years ago. It may have been yours for that matter. Yeah. And uh, that was that was one of the first things they said is is stop naming it Canna something. Yeah. And yeah. you know, Canna anything. Just if that's your idea, if that's your name, stop. Don't do that anymore. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, all right, well, that's a, that's really great advice. I, I appreciate that, Celeste. Um, unfortunately, Jason, Celeste, we are out of time. But before we go, um, I want you guys to tell me, you know, one, Celeste, tell me how we get a hold of the Cannabis Marketing Lab. Should someone want to take advantage of, of your, your marketing uh, capabilities, how would somebody get a hold of you? Uh, you can just email me, Celeste, C-E-L-E-S-T-E, at thecannabismarketinglab.com. Same is our website, thecannabismarketinglab.com, or on all social media, um, and our phone numbers and everything are on there. Great, great. And Jason, so somebody wants to write an article for Terpenes and Testing or Extraction Magazine, or you know somebody wants to uh, have some some feedback, some uh, you know a little bit of feedback to you there uh, as the editor. How would somebody get a hold of you? Uh, it's it's pretty simple. It's uh, Jason at terpenesandtesting.com or Jason at extractionmagazine.com. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, uh, Jason Celeste, thanks for being on the show today. I really appreciate your uh, your time and, and uh, a little bit of a different guest for us today, you know, being that you guys aren't extraction, you know, consumers or, or extraction equipment consumers or, uh, or, you know, producers yourselves. But, you know, obviously your customers are. And so, you know, hopefully they have an opportunity to listen to this and, and learn a little bit more. So for everybody else out there who uh, isn't listening to the show, you know, Try to find other Apex Supercritical shows and uh, happy extraction. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.